couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. The number one Randy Newman podcast. Well, in Oklahoma, at least. There are others out there now. That makes me happy. We're on break right now, but I wanted to do a quick rerun in honor of Christmas Eve. Because Christmas Eve means the John Solomon Holiday Marathon. So we are revisiting our episode with John Solomon. And John was kind enough to give us a quick update about what to expect at this year's show. So give it a listen. All right, let's start the show. It's Wheel of Randy. Well, John, welcome back. It's been, what, 15 or 16 months since we had you on the show? I have um, no concept of time, but I will take your word for it. I, I just know it was well in advance of, of last year's Christmas show. Um, and so I just wanted to bring you on for a few minutes and, and update the audience, uh, just kind of a, a recap of, of, of last year's Christmas marathon and maybe a sneak preview of what you've got coming up this year. Sure. Um, what last year was really something special. That show was, uh, it, it, I, I know I'm not alone in saying that, that it meant a lot to be in community with people listening to that show as we were all isolated last year. Yeah. I don't, think i fully realized how much it also meant to me until i was doing it and until i was breaking down on the air as part of it like it uh i mean it's something that i i take great pleasure and pride in doing every year but i don't think i realized fully how much i i needed it on my end of the microphone as well there was a lot of drama in last year's show. It was the show that almost wasn't. You were uh, recording in the middle of a pretty nasty storm. Yeah, it was It was gnarly in central New Jersey on Christmas Eve. And I've already had one person offer to lend me a portable generator, depending on what the, the forecast looks like. But yeah, I mean, we we got on the air the way WPRB is set up. Presently, any DJ anywhere in the world can utilize their mount point to go out over the air. But if the power goes out or the internet goes out, that's obviously a problem. And so I had a two-hour emergency show recorded, which I still have in my back pocket for this year if something goes horribly off the rails. But the lights flickered a couple times, but we never lost the, the connection and then come sunrise or a little bit after it was i don't think it was all clear but it wasn't downright terrifying out anymore well i'm sure glad that you made it through because other not otherwise i would never have have discovered my my new favorite h-town song oh sure uh, knocking the, the boots for christmas knocking the boots for christmas uh, at the dearly missed good good comedy in philadelphia there's a show that a guy named TJ would put on monthly called Justify Your Love, where you had to defend a terrible song to a Ooh. panel of judges. Yeah, three different people would defend songs to the judges and the audience. And the song, the one time I was a contestant on that show, I chose to defend was H-Town's Knockin' to Boots for Christmas. And my defense was successful. I I couldn't believe my ears when I when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. It's so like if you if you're familiar with H Town's just plain old straight up knocking to boots, uh, that should not translate to a holiday tune. Uh, but no. it's such a it's such a blatant attempt to cash in on the holiday season, while at the same time 
uh, there are some sentiments crossing over there that that don't often end up in the same song. I don't mean to. I I feel like every time I, I lift up examples of the show, I'm I'm picking the, these these ridiculous uh, examples when when there's actually some some truly sublime uh, original Christmas music that I'm very thankful. Uh, that you've introduced us to. What was that one last year? Uh, baby Jesus is nobody's baby now. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a woman from Australia named Julia Jacqueline. I believe you know more about the playlist at this point than I do. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have trouble. Uh, I have trouble remembering stuff, but uh, occasionally like you give me enough context clues and hopefully the, the light switch goes off. But uh, yeah, she's great. I, I wasn't that familiar with her, but she put out that song and then did like a sub pop singles of the month club single. And I got one of her albums on polyvinyl and I like it a bunch. So yeah, I, I, as I've been listening to holiday songs leading up to this year's marathon, I find that I am, it takes a lot to move me as far as Oh, here's another Silver Bells, or here's another Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. And those are songs that people have done great renditions of, but it really is the, the original originals that excite me, at least this holiday season. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm very much the same way. I've been kind of playing a game with myself. What would I like to request this year? And I finally come to the decision, if I had to request anything, it would be more new stuff. You know, yeah, my my favorite things are you know the first eight hours when when I'm just constantly uh, being surprised with with all this this wonderful new material. Yeah, I I feel very similarly, and that that combined with the submissions that people record for the marathon that I try and debut hourly. That's really the stuff that keeps me going and keeps me coming back year after year, like being able to find these new things. I mean, I'm fully cognizant of the fact that I'm not going to hear or preview everything, but I'm going to do my damnedest to dig as deep as I can to uncover stuff. And then like you were saying with the ridiculous things and the sublime things, then it becomes a matter of, especially for those first eight hours plus, trying to lay out sets that don't lean too heavily in either direction, like finding that balance where sonically each set is disparate. It's not too many versions of the same song. And if there is something completely ridiculous in there, you know, not playing all of my cards all at once. I heard a, I heard a really great like seventies, funk christmas tune recently from a friend's holiday mix that i i wasn't previously familiar with and that was one of those where it was like i just gotta i gotta keep that one in my back pocket till the the right moment come marathon time any hints about surprises that are coming up oh geez now i'm gonna have to like open well okay the, the folder well, for 2021 okay go ahead let, let me take it a different approach. Are you doing something uh, special with your parents to sleep on the couch this year? Uh, well, there, there's a there's a shirt that people can now get that's available at T Public uh, with both text and no text of uh, my folks conked out on the couch in the WPRB studios. And there's a great listener who goes by the handle Art Jerk who designed that one and uh, yeah that's sort of the continuation of this ongoing thing where was it four years ago i surprised my parent my parents fall asleep on the couch in the wprb studios when we were allowed to be in the wprb studios every marathon so i took a bunch of photos from them asleep on the couch and turned it into a blanket then i took a picture of them asleep under the blanket on the couch at WPRB and turned those into pillows. And then I used all the photos and got like an all print button down shirt made for 
last year's marathon. And so this year with the shirt now of my folks asleep that anyone can buy, I'm excited to see people all over the world wearing these shirts during the marathon. Like that'll be, that'll be a total treat, but I'm, I'm just looking through the, the stuff I've recently previewed. Let's see. What were some things I was really excited about? Uh, I don't know how I ever came into possession of a CD by a group called Santa youth but they do like 60 second kind of punk rock, hardcore versions of a bunch of familiar holiday songs, but they All also right. have a medley of originals that I really liked. I previewed that earlier today. Uh, guy named Mike Nikolai Fahrenheit 1224, which is sort of about <laughs> Santa Claus in a surveillance state. And then joyful noise records has a holiday comp this year that has great tracks by kid bug tall tall trees no joy and more and can i find one more thing that uh was uh especially excellent i want to i want to finish on a on a real high note um let's see the and then philadelphia's wake up and smell the sun seems like they've been kind of doing an audio advent calendar where they've been putting up a new Christmas song every day on their band camp. And that guy can write some tunes. So nice. there's no shortage of tracks from him to choose from. I think I did all right there. You yeah. kind of salvage that towards the end. Uh, John, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for this year's show. The, the rest of Christmas, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I still have a little bit of, of, of not dread, but a little bit of anxiety about, but I'm really excited about this year's show. And yeah, you you and me both. Thank you so much for, for all the work you put into it. And uh, thank you for coming on today and, and giving us a little preview. Anytime. And, you know, while I have this forum, thank you. Come on. More people should say that. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I know what you do, and I thank you for it. <laughs> My pleasure. You know, awesome. you know. I, I and I, I say this to my wife a lot. You, you know, the word hero gets thrown a, around a lot, but uh, yeah, in, in some cases it applies to you. Yeah, not to me. To you, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Other way around. To, to, to me, only is, time will judge. To, to to me is is what I'm implying. Absolutely, yes. yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, but you know, I'm too humble to come out and say that. No, That's John, what thank you for. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you're a super busy guy this time of year. Uh, we sure appreciate you coming on. Of course. I'm looking forward to hopefully some new episodes from you in the new year. And uh, come anything you're doing, I'll come on anytime. Awesome. Thank you very much, John. Be well. It's Wheel of Randy. John Solomon is with us here today. Thanks for coming, John. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. John is... I sure that he has many aspects of his life that I don't know about, but where our lives intersect is that, that John is a, a DJ for WPRB uh, in, was that in, in Princeton proper? Yeah. In Princeton proper for sure. Okay. And he has uh, been DJing there a long, long time. And uh, those of you who have listened to my episode with Jason Sims have heard me wax poetic about john's uh christmas marathon john for those who aren't initiated give, give the elevator pitch for for your christmas marathon sure i do a 25 hour holiday radio show on wprb it usually starts christmas eve around 5 p.m and goes till christmas day on 6 p.m and it's all holiday music which on paper sounds horrific but in fact is sort of a fascinating assortment of unheard and unheralded holiday music from artists you wouldn't expect and and some of it's pretty incredible so it's i guess it is the the thing that i'm best known for at this point and uh, it's something i'm really proud of this year will be the the 32nd year that i've done Currently, it may be the first one that I ever do live from home, given the uh, state of the world and the present inaccessibility of the WPRB studios. So we'll see what happens over the, the next hundred days or so. 
John, and this is is not an exaggeration. Your Christmas marathon is is one of the the most special things about Christmas for me. You are very sweet to say that. It's one of the most special things about Christmas for me as well. Do not do not worry. The uh, when when John says that, that this is 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 unusual Christmas music, that that's. Uh, an enormous understatement. I, I seem to remember at one point there was a a Black Sabbath themed Christmas band, followed by another Black Sabbath themed Christmas band. Yeah, and and who knows if they've ever even interacted? That might have been their point of discovery for one another. But yeah, th- there have been all sorts of ridiculous, remarkable reworkings of songs I like a bunch turned into into holiday tunes, and those. Black Sabbath reworked Christmas covers definitely are in that category. There's a lot of of interaction with, with the fans. There's a lot of uh, music created by the people and and was it Christmas specials? Is that what you call it at the top of the hour? Yeah, I just try try and I guess the 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 general umbrella i put them all under is christmas stories but but originally it was just asking people to record stories about christmas because everyone's got a christmas story and folks have taken that general request and turned it into songs and sound collages and spoken word pieces and and all sorts of different things and yeah it's it's really made the program more interesting for me to put together having something new to debut just about every hour during the marathon. And geez, if people aren't utilizing quarantine to record the, the holiday material that they've been putting off for years and years and years, I'm, I'm starting to think some of those, some of those people I've been going after for a while, it might never happen, but being home is a perfect opportunity to record something for the 25 hour holiday radio show. You just reminded me of, of an idea that, that I'd put together for, for a, a song last year and then life, life fell apart. Uh, Do right it. This is Christmas. the year. This is the year. And so uh, my local listeners, we need to, to rally around the flag because this, this is a communal song that I put together and it will not disappoint. And is there, I'm, I apologize for my ignorance, but is there a, a Randy Newman Christmas song? Uh, the only one I could think of is one that I'm not proud of, and I don't think he's particularly proud of. It's called Christmas in Cape Town, uh, and this was put out right around the time that everyone was doing uh, We Won't Play Sun City. Sure. And uh, it's got just a lot of gratuitous racial slurs in it. Oh, geez. Yeah, which, you know, he has some songs with, with slurs that are germane to the plot, but it, it is not, uh, it is not a song that is, is worthy of, uh, of the airwaves. Yikes. I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to investigate that on my own though. Uh, there's, there's plenty of others that you can listen to. It, it, it didn't even make the wheel. It didn't even make the, the 120 songs that, that, that we put in rotation on this show. I was going to ask how many songs there were in the wheel. And how, how many Randy Newman songs are there total? Well, you know, it really depends on how you count. I think there's roughly 12 studio albums. And then I, I've picked, you know, bits and pieces from, from his, his movie soundtracks. But for the most part, it's the studio albums. Got it. Um, one last thing that, that, that I've, I've found is, is a great piece of flavor from, from the Christmas marathon is I've seen there are now, uh, Christmas marathon themed ornaments. Yeah. Did someone actually just mailed me? I pretty much, uh, so there's a piece that I play every year that it's not of my origin, but it's somehow become synonymous with the marathon it's this 45 minute jazz odyssey about jerry the christmas snail it's sort of the retelling of the story of snail dartha instead of siddhartha and 
for the past handful of years, I've, I've played it Christmas morning around 10 or 11 a.m. And, and people say that it's not Christmas till I hear Jerry the Christmas Snail. So at some point last year, maybe the year before, when people started sending me pictures of snail ornaments that they were putting on their respective Christmas trees, I said, look, if you send me a snail ornament, I'll sign it and send it back to you. And three or four folks have, have taken me up on the offer, including one individual's daughter who just last week or the week before sent me a snail in the mail to sign as a, as a forthcoming Christmas present for her pops. So hopefully I haven't, haven't spoiled it, but uh, yeah, it's, there's so many parts of the marathon that are these unexpected traditions within this unexpected tradition and never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that people would be sending me Christmas ornaments of any kind in the mail to uh, to write something nice on the back of and mail on home to to put up on their trees and yeah it's 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 flabbergasting I I gotta confess I read Siddhartha way too early I, I it, uh we read it in high school and it, it was, it was above my pay grade at the time, but having listened to snail Dartha for a few years, uh, when I picked up Siddhartha, uh, a year or two ago, it's like, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, aside from Christmas, you've been at, at, at WPRB you know, since high school, right? Yeah. I've been there since Reagan was president. My first show was when I was 15 and, I've been there in some way, shape, or form, Christmas or otherwise, ever since. Even the almost decade that I lived in Chicago, I'd always make sure to come back to the New Jersey area and host the marathon. So WPRB has been an important part of my life for well over two-thirds of it. WPRB meant a lot to me uh, growing up because uh, as, as a young man in Alabama, I didn't have a lot of exposure to to, to music other than what was on the radio, uh, and didn't didn't have a lot of money for records or anything like that. But uh, had a couple friends that went to Princeton and would would uh, send home. Uh, not even mixtapes, just whatever was on PRB that day. And it just exposed me to, to so much stuff I wouldn't have before. Um, and, you know, even today, I, I, I love that station because I can always pick up new things. But at the same time, there's not that, uh, it's not that level of intimidation that you sometimes see from, from an independent radio station. I don't yeah. feel... I don't feel there's a snobbery to it. No, and and if there is, I think it's pretty minimal. And I have to say, in the, let's see, it's September now when we're recording this. So in the past four months, five months, since the station returned from automation and, and DJs are recording their programs remotely i think it's it the wprb has sounded about as good as it's ever sounded during my tenure because the 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 care and the the degree of attention that's being put into programming every day is is really remarkable as we're all spread around the country and and it fools me a lot of the time where I'll be listening to the station in the car and think oh i should call in and then remember oh i can't do that this dj is not in the place where I'm imagining that they are. Mm. Who uh, can I ask? So who 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 was sending you these tapes? Um, uh, his name is Jay Wise. He was part of uh, the French Kicks. Oh sure, Josh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then Matthew Robb was also from my high school. For sure, for sure. I haven't. I mean, I saw Matt last year, maybe, but Josh and I have not crossed paths in eons. But I saw him. He's, He's completely fallen off my radar, but I yeah, I saw him play a show. I want to say about '08 or '09. Uh, they came to Norman, uh, and that's that's the last I, I've heard from him. Yeah, I, I did a little looking around online to see if I could I could find him, and I think the last thing I saw for any of his solo music was like a MySpace page. So, 
it's uh it's been a while but both those folks excellent wprb djs i actually found a i was looking for a different reel-to-reel tape in my basement earlier today and, and i found a quarter inch tape of something that i recorded that that josh wise was a part of so maybe by doing this show and you mentioning his name he'll suddenly get in touch after uh Years yeah, and years. Of, yes, my dozens of listeners. Will yeah, hey, hey, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there into the, into the podcast verse, and we'll see what happens. Well, we, wherever he is, we wish him well. Indeed. Uh, I was really appreciative that 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 you re- reached out to me. I think think you heard the Jason Sims episode, and Jason's a mutual friend. Um. And, and and volunteered to do this. And when I asked if you had a song in mind, you, you told me that you weren't real familiar with Randy's work, which is fine. There are a lot, a lot of people that, that do that. But I, I thought it was really interesting that, that someone with as broad a, a, an experience as you had, had hadn't, hadn't run across his stuff. Well, I guess, I guess two things. One, you you can't hear it all, no matter how hard you try. And secondly, I think I went from top 40 radio straight into discovering punk rock when I was a early teenager. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of music I've had to reverse engineer. And Randy Newman has never been part of that equation. Like I remember, I guess, in the 90s and early 2000s, buying lots and lots of classic rock records because I had just, they they had completely slipped me by. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I I know who Randy Newman is, but I was going to say to you, tell tell me about Randy Newman. I I really don't know a lot. I, I, I even... See, if you wrote me back, I messaged a friend of mine to say, I'm going to be going on to talk about this Randy Newman song. Any thoughts? Well, maybe they did write me back. Um, but uh, we, can, uh, we can save that for a little bit. Oh, he'd send a bunch of notes. But yeah, I just I don't know a lot about Randy Newman, but I know that there are people whose musical interests and tastes I respect who enjoy his music a great deal. So I'm down for learning more. Well, I, I like to describe him as, as primarily a songwriter. You know, he, he notoriously does, does not have a strong voice, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. Uh, but uh, has been, been doing songwriting uh, since the, the late 60s, um, really peaked about 73 or 74, uh, and has, has put out, you know, sporadically since then. Um, he made his money uh, like like his his uncle and grandfather before him in the movie business, just tons and tons of movie scores and soundtracks and so forth. Yeah, I think that, and probably I love L.A. being a music video in frequent rotation when I was a kid are the the things I personally know him best for. Yeah. And it's one of these these things that he's always been respected by other musicians, but has never had you know a, a proper hit of his own. You know, I love L.A. got got some rotation, and Short People was a novelty hit, I suppose, in in the mid seventies. But uh, I w- I would guess, and we haven't even gotten to the song that we're going to be talking about today. But just having listened to that a few times, I would guess that short people wasn't written to, I mean, not that anyone writes a song to be a novelty song, but I'm guessing that wasn't his intention when he recorded it. Well, there, there, there are plenty of people that know more than me about the history of short people, but just my understanding as, as a casual fan is that, that he was surprised how many people uh, took it seriously, uh, took it at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know he has written plenty of songs that that go go the long way to condemn the 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 absurdity of 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 bigotry uh and that's where he was going with short people but a lot of people 
uh, actually used it as fuel to to bully literal short people in their lives. Um, And so, you know, it was it was the the fact that it was a novelty is is what put it on the charts. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Fight for Your Right to Party, that the wrong crowd can get hold of a song and, and misunderstand it and it oh, sure. sells records. I know we're, we're going down a tangent here, but that song and the way like my fellow, geez, like seventh graders, eighth graders reacted to that song, mm-hmm. it soured me on the Beastie Boys so much. And then... By the time Paul's Boutique came out, they had all jumped ship, and yet now I was 100% on board. Isn't that funny? Yeah, and, and I mean, I, it's hard for me to think of other bands that I did a complete 180 on to such a degree. Um, so yeah, um, I think, I think may, that's maybe a good, that's a good dire straits to a little bit that that people rush to money for nothing, even though that, that, that song, the character in that is a pretty bigoted guy. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That was, that song actually is the first time I ever realized that there were radio edits. Yeah. Cause WMMR in Philadelphia would sometimes play one version of that song and other times play the album version of that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, for it, you, young me, uh, just couldn't believe it. There's more than one version of this song. In, in Alabama, there were no qualms about playing the album version. <laughs> no one seemed to have any issues with it at the time. But, yeah, the, but the people who, who subscribe to that, you know, I look at an album like Sailing to Philadelphia, which I, I just thoroughly enjoy, I feel like I'm the only person uh, in, in in my circle, at least, that that stuck with Mark Knopfler enough to 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 get to things of that level. Huh. I don't know if I've ever heard that record. Uh, it, I it, that. It's worth a listen. Uh, the, the highlight of it is a duet with Van Morrison uh, that's called "The Last Laugh," and it's just just utterly charming. Uh, Gillian Welch does backup vocals for a few of the songs. It 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 it, it, it was a nice resurgence for Mark Mark Knopfler. But yeah, Randy, you know, as a songwriter, you know, never made it big, but got the respect of you know the right people, and you know. His fellow songwriters loved him. You know, he he was you know, good friends with the Eagles and Paul Simon and and Bonnie Raitt and so forth. Um, and you know, he made plenty of money off the Hollywood stuff that he could just write whatever he wanted. And so he writes normally uh, bitter, uh, sarcastic uh, stuff about love and death and heartbreak and and a whole lot about God. And uh, it he's someone that, that I really only got into probably five or six years ago. And some people are surprised when I say that he's not even my favorite artist. I like to, to talk about Randy because he is, uh, it's easy to misunderstand him. It's easy for, for someone to, to, only see uh, one side of him and to to not realize that if you really dig there there's some 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 very clever songwriting going on so do people know at this point what song we're even going to be talking about today no uh why why don't you tell them what we're going to talk about today we're going to be talking about Davy the Fat Boy, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the final song on Randy Newman's 1968 debut album. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And folks, if you go to our Twitter page, we've got a link to Davy the Fat Boy as part of our thread for today's episode. 
we'll give the audience a couple minutes to listen to that. And yeah, it's it's two minutes and forty seven seconds long. You can pause this podcast and and catch up on that song if you don't know it, and and we'll be right here when you get back. Yep, we will wait for you. God, Captain Races, sing this song. Do da do da. All right, we are back. John, just for your reference, I've posted the lyrics to this in the chat. If you, if you want to go through this, oh sure, I have I have them up myself. Uh, I suggested Davy the Fat Boy when when we were first talking because I asked you, do you want a funny one or a sad one? You said, give me a sad one, and so uh, you there are agree. plenty of tearjerker songs out here, but but this one I see as being sad in layers. Tell me what you thought about this song. Um, look, a couple things. First of all, the sort of cabaret start to it, mm-hmm. I think works very nicely with the, the sideshow theme of the lyrics. Yeah. You can um, almost hear the, uh, the calliope going in, in the background for all things, Randy Newman, I check in with my friend, Mike and who I, I think would make a great guest for this show in the future. And he described Davy the Fat Boy as a really early example of Newman's ability to sketch a dark, unpleasant scenario very concisely. And I think that is a better sentence than anything I could personally say about Davy the Fat Boy. So I'm reading that instead of uh, using my own words. That is really well written. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can. I'll add some other. I, I messaged him while we were while we were ramping up to do this because I had a feeling he'd have some good things to to say about it. But it is it it's it's super sad, but it it also has some unpleasantly humorous visuals. I guess just just imagining poor Davy and this sideshow Barker trying to get people to come take a look at them. Yep. Uh, and, and then, I don't know if this is the right time to get to it, but there's that piano part early on, and then again at the end, that is also the beginning of the Golden Girls theme. Wait a minute. I think I kept waiting for, for someone to start singing Thank You for Being a Friend. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I hope I didn't just ruin Davy the Fat Boy for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, see, but it's, that's um, the kind of content we look for here on Wheeler Andy, folks. Yeah, and, and I, I, I actually played the song for my wife and daughter at dinner, and the, the, the cabaret element that I, I mentioned earlier really stood out to my wife. And... Uh, I think I think my daughter didn't quite know what to make of it. I didn't didn't tell her anything about what the song was about, but uh, she certainly wasn't clamoring for me to put it on again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, I'm going to go back to another thing that my friend Mike said because uh, this is this says also probably has one of Newman's first untrustworthy narrators. I yes, like a good, I like a good unreliable narrator, and I would agree there. Well, he is chock full of them. Uh, and uh, I guess I, I read maybe in a Rolling Stone piece how Newman was saying that they did the orchestration and then he had to add the vocals, which uh, he says was like building a mountain you can't climb. Mm. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, besides probably listening to other Randy Newman songs based on future episodes of your podcast, I'm not exactly sure where I will go from here, Randy Newman-wise, but um, yeah, this is a, I don't know if it's, I think it's almost more dark than sad. It is, it is. Um, it's rough, it'll stay with you. Yeah, you know, the unreliable narrator and the, 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 the truly despicable narrator 
is is a theme that that you see over and over again. Um, you know, where you can't help but wonder how much of what this guy is telling me is the truth. How good a friend was he to Davy's parents? Or is he just taking advantage of this kid? Yeah, before they passed away, if if they even did pass away. Right. And then the more I thought about it, the, the more I thought, you know, you've got you've got your circus geek, your your your, your sideshows and, and so forth. But even when among those Davy is the one with talent here. It's not a lot of talent, but the the narrator narrator has nothing to 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 bring to the audience. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess without, I mean, I guess without Davy, he'd probably find someone else to play the the Davy role and yeah. uh, and do a dance for you. But uh, I don't know that that isn't he round question mark just that's uh, that almost sends chills up my spine. Yeah. And so, is there any information about? I haven't heard the rest of this record, but why this is the selected as the album closer as someone who's done a fair amount of sequencing for records i'm always intrigued by choices people make about oh what's going to kick the album off do we do we start with the strongest song or you know some records finish with the strongest song or finish with something slower how, how does this compare to the rest of the record well there's really no rhyme or reason to this record i i i've always felt that this is a record that he put out there uh you know to sell himself as a songwriter um this did not you know, sell well. This was out of print for a long, long, long time. Um, just going through the 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 track list. Now, I you don't see this, uh, don't see that kind of of forethought. You know that I can see uh, in this one or in his next one, twelve songs. Uh, but once he gets to the third album, Sail Away. Uh, you really see complete albums uh, sail away. And then good old boys are, are almost uh, good old boys is a conceptual album. He, he, it is, it is that, you know, complete a, uh, a package, but for this, it, it seems like a strange last song, especially, especially the ending, how it just kind of fades out very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> where, where where did that go so no I, I i don't know if there was was i don't know what the process was to to decide the track list on this other than he was trying to to put his name out there yeah and and according to this genius.com link that i'm looking at in 1978 newman said of this song quote i don't know that i've written stuff much better than that end quote don't know if you would agree or disagree with the man himself. Well, that's hard to say. Um, th- this, this is one that, that, that I started really enjoying probably on the third or fourth listen. You know, it, it's definitely not, it, it's definitely not in the top tier of, you know, his standards. Uh, but, you know, in my, 30 song sheet music book. It makes the cut. I did also listen to a, a Dutch cover. of it. We are going to talk about that Dutch cover. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. Nice. I'm so glad that you listened to that. What makes this song for me is the violin solo. Because we just listening to that, that violin solo as he introduces Davy doing the dance. I can see Davy. I, I don't normally visualize music very much, but I see in this plodding, grinding violin solo 
this 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 poor boy uh, having to to do something he doesn't enjoy you know to 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 pay the bills yeah for better or for worse i see the the alley cat dance that chris peterson would do on get a life sort of sad crying trying to smile through the tears dance yep yep i don't i don't think uh chris elliott probably comparable in in girth to what uh what randy newman envisioned here but uh i guess maybe that's my go-to sad dance in my mind i think that's very much the spirit that he's looking for there All right, so now that I've given this to you, uh, I'm really, really curious what your second song uh, that I would recommend should be. You know, not that we're going to discuss, you know. No, I fully fully appreciate the concept of homework. So, like, give me a song and I'll write it down and I'll I'll report back on Twitter. You know, a couple that are, are, are probably, you know, a little more accepted, uh, but in very much in the same spirit of these, these kind of uh, scoundrels uh, are two songs off of Good Old Boys, uh, and those are Marie and Guilty. And both those songs thematically are very, very similar. Uh, guys who are drunk out of their minds trying to, to, to make nice to an old flame. I'm on it. As soon as this show is over, I'm on it. All right. Any other comments on Davey before we let him go? Uh, well, I'm just looking at my notes and my friend Mike's crib sheets. Let me just scroll up here. I think I, I touched on everything I had to say about it. I guess he also mentions how the orchestration is very much of its time when everyone was shooting for Aaron Copeland, like throwbacks in a sixties pop setting. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure how much Van Dyke parks was involved with this, but they, they were yep. good, good friends. Yeah. He mentioned him. He mentioned Harry Nilsson. Yeah. He really, yeah, really, he should be talking to you about this. Not me, but uh, <laughs> I, would, um, I would love to have him on. Give, but, give uh, me his contact. Once we, yeah, for sure. Once done, um, it, but it, uh, yeah, I think the, the orchestration is a little off-putting initially because it's quite dense. And then when it goes into just the, the solo piano, um, it's probably a, a half step removed from jarring. But yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a choice. And uh, I, yeah, just the, the, the density of it stands out to me. So I think that's that's about everything I had for Davy the Fat Boy. Okay. I just have one fan theory to put out there, and this is more for more for the completists out there who are listening. Uh, the only other fat person mentioned in his catalog of any significance is the Fat Man uh, from uh, "You Can't Fool the Fat Man." which is off of uh, off of this little criminals album. And the fat man is a very, very powerful lone shark. And I've always liked the thought that Davey made good huh. and uh, got some power. Um, does Newman in his catalog bring characters back from one song to another song? There are a lot of references to Marie, uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's the same Marie or not is is uh, is subject to debate. But for the most part, no, they don't come back. Interesting. John, it's time to spin the wheel. Yeah, let's spin the wheel. You, have you heard of the wheel? Do you know the wheel? I, I have. I think just from Jason's episode and from from looking at the the Twitter and maybe clicking on the wheel once myself. Ooh. I. Oh, that's LinkedIn. It's not on LinkedIn. Folks, do not go on LinkedIn to spin the wheel. (laughs) You will be sorely disappointed. 
but folks, if you want to spin the wheel at home, it is the pinned tweet at our page, Wheel of Randy. And let's see what happens when we spin the wheel. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Stop. He gives us all his love. Gives us all his love. All right, this is off of Sail Away. Let me pull this up. Uh, audience, take a couple minutes to listen to He Gives Us All His Love off of Sail Away. Uh, there is a link to this show. And, John, let me pull it up here. And, folks, folks, we will be right back. Bet my money on a bobtown drag all the yeah. doodah day. And we are back. Wow, that song. But can I can I go and just say what I think right away? I, tell me what you think. Yeah, then um, I'll tell you you're wrong. Okay, fair enough. No. Because, well, well, that's the thing is that the, the the song is a little bit of a mirror, where I think you you get out of it what you bring to it. Where there there are sort of two different reads. One read is that it's completely sincere, and the other is that it's thoroughly snide. And I, I think I'm in the the first camp where this is unexpectedly sincere and not what I expected. And also, I don't think I know anything about the 1971 Norman Lear film called Turkey that this was apparently written for, but maybe that would, that would cloud my view of it. I think Cold Turkey was a... I think an entire town had to give up smoking. Oh, that's and they'd right. Ten million dollars or something. That sounds very familiar. Now that now that you mention it, I didn't know that song was involved with it. Yeah, it just that's what came up while I was just trying to hustle to. Yeah, what happens when four thousand heavy smokers from Eagle Rock, Iowa, take up the challenge? Twenty-five million dollars to an entire town who can stop smoking for thirty days, according to the. The movie poster, just the tagline is "See the hilarious battle of the butt." Uh, but that, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know how uh, the Randy Newman song is is worked in there. I guess he he, uh, it's the film's theme song apparently. Oh. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I like that because it was just so. Um, kind of straightforward but at the same time up to your definition of of what that means yeah randy has such a complicated uh relationship with god um he, he he's uh described pe people have asked him before if he believes in god and he says no but i don't take the issue lightly and there are you know nine or ten songs that 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 off the top of my head that 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 are his relationship with god uh and this is definitely the one that is kindest to god <laughs> um it, it, if if you go to the end of this album the last song in sail away is called god's song and it is I, it was once called the the, the most brutal uh, condemnation of organized religion uh, until the Sex Pistols came around. Sure, or uh, religion by Public Image Limited. Yeah, that one's that one uh, spares nobody. Yeah, God's song is just brutally, hopelessly bitter. Uh, but you know, you know, five tracks earlier, we we have God's song, which. I like the way you put that as a mirror um, that um, it could be seen as it. I could, I could see this sung in church and I could also see this sung with someone rolling their eyes to the ceiling. Yeah. And it's funny when it started playing, I saw the length of it and I was like, all right, I got a minute and 59 seconds to, to do my research. So I pulled up the lyrics and I, I kept waiting for the twist. 
and the twist never came. And so that's when I, I guess when I realized that either the whole song's a twist or it isn't. If there is a twist, it's that no matter what happens, you get the same response. He gives us all his love. Oh, Almost good. like a thoughts and prayers response. Sure. That we have death, we have you know babies, and no matter what happens, yeah, it's the same response. Well, he gives us all his love. I like that a lot. Good job, wheel. Yeah, the wheel didn't the, let me down. The wheel was kind to you. One of these days, the wheel is going to be cruel to someone and play pants, which is a notoriously yeah, do poorly to, written song that I'm going to make. Do you have to rebuild the wheel someday. with? Uh, Taking taking songs off the board, or if just a duplicate comes up, do you do you say, "All right, we got to spin again"? Yeah, we the, the, we we've spun again. You know, if if there are you know thematic things that people are uncomfortable with, or if we we have repeats, yeah, we'll spin again. Nice. We're not monsters here on Wheel of Randy, but folks, you know, give it a try yourself. Spin at home and uh, see what kind of surprises you you come up with. John has has tipped our hand on our next segment here. Next segment is this week's cover. This week's cover. And you mentioned it earlier, but we have a charming, charming Dutch version of Davy the Fat Boy. And I'm going to do my best to Dutch here. His name is Jan Rote, and he, he, he wrote me back on Twitter the other day, which was awfully kind of him, and I, I like it mainly for the title in Dutch. It's Dickie de Fakklap. Yeah, it definitely loses a little something in the translation because syllabically, without being able to glean the lyrics i think you you lose a lot of the the nuance like it 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 just becomes a like kind of a jaunty piano tune yeah i'm i'm curious i've 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 been kind of getting into yawn uh i just listening to this album and then you know he's he he cut he translates a lot of standards he translates a lot of you know leonard cohen songs and show tunes and so forth um and i'm curious what what his motivation is behind this most dutch people that i know have a passable amount of english and english and dutch are so similar so i'm i'm curious uh what his story is but but he has this entire album that's just him and a piano and Best I can tell, he never puts his foot on the pedal. Huh. <laughs> it is just almost a toy piano sounds throughout this. But, but I was intrigued to see that there's another Davy the Fat Boy cover by Joe Brown from the same year that Randy Newman put out his debut album. Oh, I'll have but, to uh, check that out. Yeah, I did not get a chance to, to look it up and, and see if I could actually hear it. I just saw that it's a British gentleman named Joe Brown, but that's a that's a mighty quick turnaround time to to do a cover of a record that came out earlier the same year. I wonder, was that just the way the business was back then? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's super possible. Yeah. I mean, I can I can think of one example, although it's it's pretty obscure where a band's record took so long to come out that someone put out a cover of a song from the record before the original was released. So, uh, so who knows? Yeah. But I mean, it could have just been like, I mean, I can't imagine that someone would be including Davy the fat boy on like, a like whatever 1968's version of like kids bop or something like that would be the mod so bop. I, yeah. Let me see what I, if I can even, uh, Oh, I did find it. Oh, maybe I'm going to, if I press play, can you hear my browser? Uh, hold on. Let me. Or here, I'll put the link. I'll, I'll post the link for you in the, in the chat. Okay. Let's do that. Maybe we can listen to this together. Ooh. All right. There you go. All right, I'm going to share. I have, I have completely, 
completely blind on this, except for the fact that the word psych is in the, the YouTube link. I have no idea what this is going to be. Well, it's only fair after I mean, making you spin the wheel. Only fair. Now you're getting the, the rhombus of John. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I got it. I got to share this properly. Give me a second here. This is going to be weird. Wow. Wow. That was a delight. That was, that was, uh, that was late 60s Brit pop, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that stood out for me is the, with the sort of jaunty nature of it and the, the change in delivery, it makes the narrator a lot more reliable. Yeah. Rightfully or wrongfully. Just the, 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 the delivery and the tone change everything. But yeah, there are uh, currently five copies for sale of that 45 on Discog starting at $4. So... You might want to treat yourself. It's the B-side to Joe Brown's Katarine single. Well, I better get that before this episode drops or those yeah. five will disappear fast. Yeah, it looks like, uh, unfortunately, all the copies are overseas. Hmm. But, um, yeah, that was, I would love to know more about why, what, who, like, like why did this happen so quickly but something connected with joe brown clearly the single came out on on mca but yeah that uh it's not not so not so dreary for davy not so dreary and that's been he's uh he's really he's high kicking and probably has a nice striped shirt and a big old lollipop and <laughs> having a, a good old time the British know how to do a proper side show. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Man, oh, man. I thought it was interesting that he he repeated that whole verse. I, it was the exact same length as as the original, but he, he throws in that, that, whole, that whole Davy the Fat Boy thing a second time. At which point we kind of lose the, the, the density that your friend talked about, you know, telling the story in as few words as possible. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of speechless. Just compared, I like a good cover song, and I like something that very much takes an original and, and makes it their own. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Listening to those back-to-back, extremely different experiences. Well, I will ask the Randy Superfans who uh, are a lovely, quirky group of people, what they know about that recording. And inevitably, they will have, have an answer. Yeah, please report back. So, all right. Okay, that's about what we've got. John, thank you so much for coming. How can people get hold of you? And Oh, uh, sure. On the Twitter, I'm at John Solomon, J-O-N-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Uh, I'm pretty much on every corner of the internet you could imagine. So if, if that's not your platform of choice, uh, find another one. Uh, and, uh, keeping score at home.com is, is where I post radio shows and playlists from, from WPRB and elsewhere. And yeah, I'm, if you have more, do you want to try and convince me to listen to from the, the Randy Newman catalog? I'm, I'm always willing to expand my knowledge base. Well, try try Guilty and Marie back yep, to I, back. I, I have them Dramatically very similar, and I think that'll get you a good taste. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to turn into like a, a one of the diehard Randy Newman super fans you described anytime soon, but I, I certainly feel like I have a little bit more appreciation for Randy Newman than I did an hour ago. Well, we, we strive to educate around here. You will hold your own at the, your next cocktail party. Excellent. If, if I ever get to go to one again. Speaking of, please come to Oklahoma when this comes around. We'll buy you a nice seltzer. 
Oh, that would be delightful. I, uh, I don't think I've driven through Oklahoma since coming back from, I went to the Alamo Bowl in 2001. And, and it has changed a lot since then. Yeah, let me uh, have to look up when that was. So I went to the Alamo Bowl when my alma mater got trounced by Nebraska in right at the end of 2000s. This would have been 2000 into 2001. Okay. And then I think we hit an ice storm on the way back. Yes, because from, your Oklahoma was in the Orange Bowl. That was a vicious ice storm. Okay. So then I think drove to Oklahoma slept and then drove straight through from Oklahoma to New Jersey. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. I don't know if that's the longest one day drive I've ever done, but it's pretty darn close. Cause I think we had to come up through DC for some routing reason, but uh, hmm. it's been a good, uh, good two decades since I set foot in Oklahoma, but it's, it's, it's bound to happen again post-pandemic and uh that would be a delight well just north of oklahoma city on route 66 there's a place called pops and one of the natural gas billionaires around here is a bit of a a seltzer and soda pop enthusiast and so he's built this enormous uh enormous you know popped bottle um slash gas station in, in the middle of the country in route 66 and it is uh it's trippy Wow. So I'll have to check that out. I'll try and make it happen. All right. Thanks for spending the wheel with us today, John. No, this was super fun, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on, and and I look forward to listening to future episodes. Okay, closing credits. We'll be back in a couple months, I promise. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.